Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen and our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We were made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community of Christ Church. How's everybody doing? You guys are doing great. We know that. So, <laughs> everybody else well? Beautiful, uh, beautiful day. Beautiful day. So, well, if you've been with us, um, if you haven't been with us, I should say, we've been in the month of January. We're taking time to just kind of look at this idea of building our house. What are the foundations for what we're doing here at Crossroads? Uh, we have five key things that uh, we define as healthy church that we're going after. Learning to be a praying church, learning to be a disciple-making church, learning to be a community-building church, which we'll talk about this morning, learning to be an equipping church, and learning to be a church-planting church. All that goes together um, in the sense of being a healthy church, what Christ has called us to, what it looks like to be the body of Christ. And so we've just been kind of taking some time to peel back and look at some things uh, to start our year off. One of those things that we've been asking everybody to, to think about is getting back to paper. We need to create these noise-free zones in our life and uh, bring your paper Bible. Bring the Bible and your journal to church. It used to be, growing up, we'd always have our paper Bible. They would be with us. There's something different, gang, I can promise you about carrying your paper Bible with you than carrying your phone or your tablet. We're just saying, all right? And, uh, and we just encourage everybody, start your morning in the presence of God, uh, noise-free. Put the phone, don't go to the iPad, don't go to the phone, go straight to the Lord and to His Word. Um, and we trust that those noise-free zones, that's what we need to give God time to speak and talk to us and have fellowship with Him. So just throwing that uh, out, um, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, if you want to find your way there, starting in verse 4 talking about community and being a community-building church. So uh, I think we can all agree that connecting relationally, connecting in healthy community is not an easy task. I think of all of us here, let's just talk about church. I think we all could agree that connecting to a church, getting deeply involved, relationally involved, getting involved in a community of people, it's not easy. Sometimes it's very hard. Uh, to make that happen. And, and the reality, though, is there's, there's responsibility on both sides. The church has to do the best it can to be an open doors, open arms, reaching out, providing avenues for people to come and be a part. But we as individuals, right, it, we have to uh, set as a priority. We have to be willing to step forward and persevere and continue to step in and make ourselves available for community, right, and moving towards people uh, relationally. But it's hard. And, it be, and it's harder than it used to be for a lot of reasons, um, which we've talked about in here, just the state of our culture. Uh, one of the things I just want to tag this morning is this idea of cynicism. Many have said that we uh, are in the age now where the spirit of cynicism has taken over, uh, which is absolutely true. Cynicism is, is built off, right? This, this, uh, and and it subtly, I should say, it gets a hold of us, uh, Sometimes we're just subtly and, and powerfully, we're, before we, we're not even knowing it. Cynicism moves us to a place of numbness. When it comes upon a believer, right, it, there's a sense of numbness that can take over. Uh, and we're just kind of numb to the things of God. We settle for 
just where life is at. We, our faith kind of fades. There's not an excitement about God. There's not an excitement about the Word of God. And we really just have a cynical, maybe even a critical aspect to us uh, about church, about God, about seeking Him, whatever it may be. And, and cynicism moves us away from community. It makes us critical. It makes us very cynical. And, and it robs us of, of really this healthy move towards healthy relationship, towards healthy community. It isolates us. And as we've talked about, isolation is bad. And it uh, moves us to a place of, um, of danger, right? Our tendencies and default mode, unfortunately, in our culture today, because they've been taught and modeled for us now for you know, centuries, is really independence. It's the American way. Individuality and then isolation. Um, we know these things. The whole reason for social media, the, uh, we know built into all of us is this need for community, this desire, this longing for community and relationship. Um, it's how Starbucks made it so big was it was built upon a place for people to connect. We know we need those things. Take that into any kind of social media. It, it tags on a universal, across the globe, a universal desire for community and connect and be with people. Um, that's built in. That's God-given inside us. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, the problem is that we settle for a very superficial idea of community. We, the, the word is used today all across the board, isn't it? Um, it's a very popular word, but uh, unfortunately, it's, there's community built around everything today, right? But the, the question is, is that healthy, or what is healthy community? What is healthy community? What does it look like? What is it that our hearts and souls were built for? Uh, and what does God desire for His church ultimately to be a place of healthy community? And ideally, should be modeling, right, what healthy community is all about. You need to remember, right, that isolation kills. Community builds. And in all of our lives, we know the pull, don't we? It's oftentimes we know the pull, we just pull back. When we should be pressing forward into community, we pull back and we isolate. And that is a dangerous place to be in isolation. Um, and it is our role, right, to step into people's lives that we feel are pulling back, right? Isolating, just keep stepping in, right, pursuing people. Um, the Bible commands us to do that, actually, to reach out, Right? Uh, to continue that as part of a lifestyle. Second thing, real quick, there's a big difference, folks, between people building community versus people who are led by the Spirit building community. Right? There, there's, a, there's a human reality, right? Build Starbucks, build a coffee shop. Even in church, there's human projects or programs to help create community. Um, and some good things will come out of that. However... What we're going to see this morning is that God has a design for community that is spirit-led. It's by Him. And that the community that our hearts were created for um, can only be satisfied when the Spirit of God is leading that. It can only be satisfied when the community is empowered by the Spirit of God and doing something. When you open up the book of Acts, right? You didn't have any wild programs. You didn't have a highly structured church like we do uh, today. What you saw was people... Um, in deep community, and you saw the Spirit of God alive and awakening hearts in the body of Christ. You saw a radical experience, a tangible, manifest experience with the Spirit of God among God's people. 
that was, and, and the, the fruit of that was, what, what? Greater love, greater service, the awe of God, a greater sense of the presence of God, desiring to be in his presence. And it was welcoming the spirit of God to move among God's people. Um, we read that, and there seems to be today this just complete disconnect. And I, I'm not even talking about like the miracles and stuff. I'm talking about just the relational context of healthy community, of serving, loving, carrying each other's burdens, caring for each other, those, those kind of things that um, we can't manufacture. Um, they have to be spirit-led. And this is where part of this process, and even these five things we're looking to to say, look, this is, uh, the, this is what healthy church looks like. These are the, the building blocks that we're going to move forward with. Well, this is why we start with a praying church is to realize is, is we can come and we can use all kinds of man-made great programs and, and different strategy, but unless God is in it, unless the Spirit of God is moving, we're not going to lay hold of that, that healthy aspect that, that God has for us when it comes to, um, to community. So I want us to, uh, to look at a couple of things. I want to answer, answer and hopefully lay just a little bit in the short time we have together a healthy foundation of what is, what is this our hearts long for? What is healthy community? What does it look like? And then we'll, at the end, get very practical and throw out some things about what does it look like here? How, how, are, how do people kind of become, uh, all, you know, move into relationship and into community here? And uh, we can talk a little bit about that before we come to the table this morning. But if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a little background, the, the letter of, to, that Paul wrote to Corinth, um, amazing letter. And he had to correct them on a few things. But the positive thing, oftentimes we, we hammer the, the things that need to be corrected and we miss some of the positive, some of the amazing things that uh, this church was experiencing. You go back to chapter 1, it says that they were blessed with such grace and such gifting. It says they were not lacking any gifts among themselves. It was, it was pretty amazing. It was a church where the Spirit of God rested and there was a real experience um, in, uh, in community. They had some things that they were out of bounds on, which we're going to look at actually here in just a minute. But Paul wrote this um, letter to them and <clears throat> in chapter 12 is where he begins his discussion. They needed some correction when it came to the spiritual gifts, but not just the spiritual gifts. The larger discussion here in 12 is actually about this idea of what is healthy community. Because uh, unless you have healthy community... Right? Everything else is going to be obviously corrupted in some way or another unless there is a foundation understanding of what the body of Christ is um, and what health looks like. And so the first one of these <clears throat> I want to look at starting in verses 4 um, through uh, 7. Oops, I think I jumped ahead here. Is um, we long for community because we're created in the image of God who's three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who live in perfect community. So right out of the shoot, we need to answer the question is, why do we long? Right? Again, this is universal across all mankind. We long for a community. There's a built-in sense of this force. And where does that come from? And again, folks, only, only God, only the God of the Bible, only Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can answer this question because they live in this beautiful, mysterious thing we call the Trinity, three persons, one God. They... Um, Part of the very character is perfect unity and perfect diversity um, in our God. And when he created us in his image, he set that inside us, a longing for community, a longing for relationship, a longing for intimacy. And that's where this flows from. And look at these verses, <clears throat> verses 4 through 7. He says, Now there are varieties of gifts, charisma is the Greek word, but the same Holy Spirit. 
And there are varieties of service, diakona, which is the word for table service, serving each other. There's a variety of kinds of, of ways we serve each other in the body, but the same Lord Jesus. And there are varieties of activities. This word enigma means energy. It means activity. It means the workings of, of God among his people. There's a variety of the ways that God works among and through his people, but it's the same God, the Father, who empowers them all Everyone. And so we see right here Paul leading up into this discussion about what is healthy community. What does it look like? Is that he answers the fundamental question of why is this a desire in the first place? Um, why do we desire it? And, and what should it be built on? What should be the unifying principle behind the healthy family community that should be taking, right, in the uh, experience in the body of Christ. And it's God himself. It's his very character that he's, he's given out here. Um, so the beauty about this um, is we see the diversity. And folks, I think we go, right, we're, we're so easily one way or the other. We go towards unity and we miss, right, upholding the beautiful aspects of God's uniqueness, which is you and how God created you and how God's gifted you and that God desires and the church needs your gifts. He needs your service. He needs your involvement, right, to be a healthy body. Um, that we have this incredible movement of unity and diversity together. Uh, and I won't take time to get too deep into this, but folks, just philosophically on a larger scale, right, there is no answer in all of philosophy in the world, and even look at our own nation today. What is our problem today? We've spent so long obsessing over making sure that we honor all the diversity, we have nothing to unify around. We're completely lost when it comes, what is America unified on? We're lost, right, on that issue. And ultimately, every nation is lost on that issue because ultimately, it is only God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that at the core makes sense of what is healthy, ultimately, unity and, and diversity. <clears throat> and we'll come back to that here in just a minute. Um, let me move on to the second thing. Building healthy community is based on unity, but not uniformity. And this is critical for us to understand of what is unity. When if God is the center of his church, in a relational context, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he is called, the Father sent the whole, Jesus to come rescue us and to save us into his church. He's poured out the Holy Spirit right into our hearts, right, that we might <clears throat> be temples of the Holy Spirit and be in union with him and union with one another, as we're going to see um, here in just a minute is <clears throat> that is not, there's a big difference between a healthy unity and uniformity. And too many times in the church and many other things is we, we get out of line and we start trying to stamp, well, everybody needs to be like this, or here's the things that everybody needs to do, right, rather than really rejoicing in the variety of gifts, the variety of the way we all serve, the variety of, the, of our thoughts and gifts and honoring each other in all those things. Um, starting verse 12, jump, jump down there. There's some beautiful words here, verses 12 through uh, 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, talking about our physical body, Paul is, and all the members of our body, though many, they're one body. So it is with Christ. Many members, right? Many of us all saved into his family, into his body, the church, the family of God. Remember, ultimately, church is not a place we go or attend or build or even can see with a building. Um, 
the church, the ecclesia, the, is the gathered body of believers. It's, it's the family of God. It's those that Jesus has redeemed into his, into his family. But uh, too many times, again, in, this, in, in, in trying to, to bring a unity and we over-program this rather than leaning on the Holy Spirit is that we actually move into uniformity. And so just some examples of this, and, and this is one of the errors of the Corinthians, the Corinthians actually came and they highlighted, they were highlighting one certain spiritual gift above all the others. And they expected everybody to operate in that one spiritual gift. And you weren't really super spiritual unless you operated in that one gift. And Paul corrects that and goes, no, there's this beautiful variety of spiritual gifts, spiritual uh, gifts that's quite broad actually, and that uh, unity is to be based around, look, we need all of these gifts. And we all need to have the freedom, right, to grow up into what are those gifts that God has granted us. And what are the ones that we're pursuing and using them in service to each other in the, in the body of Christ. But things get online and can get very legalistic or, or extremely divisive, right, if we try to stamp something towards uniformity that God has not done. Now, here's the danger, is that that goes too far, right, in the sense of we embrace diversity too much, and it goes into areas where, uh, where we, we need to make sure, no, we're unified on. And what does, if we're unified, as we just saw, around the character of God, who God is, his relational context, then that means the things that do unite us is who God is, our relationship with God, and when it comes to the character of God. So the things that are not diverse are who is God. When it comes to morals, when it comes to holiness, when it comes to who are we trying to be like and follow and exemplify, it is God. And there is not a diversity there. We are all unified around who God is, who His character is, what He calls out as holy and acceptable and pleasing to Him. That's where we encourage each other. The diversity comes into the rolling out of His beautiful gifts upon His people and the uniqueness of how He created each of us uniquely um, in, in his own design. And there's no one like you in all the universe. It's pretty amazing to think about, isn't it? In all the world, there's no one like you. In all of history, in all of eternity, no one like you is that God created uniquely you to play a role that no one else can play. And he's poured out on you. And he desires to pour on you spiritual gifts to be used, right? And to be developed in this body to be more and more like Jesus, right? So it's about unity, not uniformity. Does that make sense, gang? And how we easily, subtly can get over where we impose. Or, right, if we're not honoring each other in the diversity that God has done here, we can say, look, uh, you know, we start to kind of rack things up spiritually and go, well, you know, uh, my, my gifting or service is a little more important than yours, right? Or even in our minds, we start comparing and saying, wow, I, I really want to be like that. I really want that spiritual gift or I want to do that kind of service. And, and it goes with everything, right? When we start to compare. Right, and this is one of the things that the Holy Spirit starts to do in transforming us is making us absolutely free in who we are. And folks, you realize the freedom? You know how many people need that freedom in their life? Because you know the culture we grew up in, you know what is imposed on you and every young person in here has been hammered with it? Every bit of social media is hammering you with the principle of as much as we talk about just be you, just be you. You know what that's settling in people? All we're multiplying out there is this incredible lack of contentment of saying, I need to be like that. I need to look like that. I need to do that. I need to... It, we have the most 
comparative culture that we're in today. And cynicism leads to that. We have to compare ourselves that we're trying to be like this person or that person. But you realize that salvation, when Jesus comes, something amazing happens when the gospel and someone can lead us into really being comfortable with who we are. And think about it. Many of us grew up in family structures where it was imposed on us. It was imposed on us. You need to be like this. You need to do that. Matter of fact, we're not really proud of you unless you go to this school or you do this or have that degree or you, you know, da-da-da, go down the list. Maybe that was never said, but it's imposed on us, right? Every one of us, realize, has things that are imposed on us that we've taken for one reason or another, right, to form who we are, and we've been battling, right, with, with that one way or another. Everybody says, right, the whole power of the father figure. If we didn't have a good father figure, most people are either living somewhere in our psyche. We are living because we were created to have a relationship with our heavenly father and our earthly father, such a powerful, right, avenue of how God moves. If that was not a healthy model, everybody is either trying in our lives to work, 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 to try the best we can to please the God, the father we never have because that's an orphan spirit. Or the other end of that is we're doing everything we can do to run away like the prodigal from home and chase after the world to find some kind of fulfillment. And folks, when the gospel comes in the spirit of God and there is a community, a healthy community that values the gospel coming into each of our lives to set you free, to be uniquely who you are, do you realize that it opens an avenue for the fruit of the spirit to take hold? Love, joy, peace. I'm at peace with who I'm at. I don't have to be like you. I don't have to dress like you. I don't have to be all, all worked up that I don't have as much money as this person or have this whatever. I, 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 Lord, we, we get this incredible freedom that we're his child. We're a child of the king, a child of the father. And he loves me and no one can snatch me out of his hands. And he has a future and a hope for me. And he, he's a father I can go to as a child and ask anything of and he has good things for me but they're not going to be the same things you have, right? And, and that I, I don't need to compare. I don't need to build myself up. I need to value you and, and honor you. Like, wow, what a beautiful creation of God. Look at the uniqueness that God is, is doing through you. It's when we move towards uniformity that we mess things up and we bring great division into body to the body. But it's when we lay hold of unity and diversity with God at the center of that as our model. You know what? People get set free. And folks, let me tell you, this is what was happening in the book of Acts. I'm telling you, when you're a part of a place where each person is not trying to outdo the next person or, or trying to be somebody they're not, but just at freedom to be who they are, you realize the, love, you realize the dynamic that breaks out in that, the, the beauty that breaks out in that? That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do, right, in, in the midst of, of us. Second thing, building healthy communities is built upon the common experience of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The thing that binds us together is the kindred. That's where the language comes from, the kindred spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit inside our souls. If we know Jesus, if we've accepted him as Savior and Lord in our life, as God promises to pour out. Matter of fact, we can't even be saved. We can't come to that place unless the Spirit of God is upon us and in us. That is the, the kindred spirit, the Spirit of God. You know, for Paul, his primary <clears throat> distinctive of a Christian was that we were spirit people. Not that we were believers. Many of us have grown up and it was check the box, walk the aisle, pray the prayer, whatever the belief. Belief's important, but for Paul, it was, as we know for Jesus, it was no following is, is the big issue. Uh, 
But it's, it's this issue of, is there an experience? In other words, if, if you were to sit down with any of these people, their talk, their talk wouldn't be about when you made a decision to be a Christian. Their t- discussion with you, what is happening right now with the Spirit of God in your life? Is there evidence in your life that God's at work? Do you know something of the joy of the Lord? Do you know something of the voice of God? Do you know something of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Is there a vibrancy of the life of God inside your soul? That's the discussion. And unfortunately, many of us have grown up in a context where it's more of just the belief. It's more of this is what I believe. Here's the system. Here's the routine. That's not, we don't find that anywhere in the scripture. That's what we believe is important. But what's more important is, do, am I living out that belief? Is, is there some experience to that belief, right, in my, in my life? Listen to these words again. For just as the body is one, this is verse 12, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. Some powerful language here. First of all, this word baptized doesn't technically refer to water baptism, though that's part of it because water baptism is, is following Jesus, is that first step of obedience, saying publicly, yes, I have received Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. I want to be part of the body of Christ, the family of God. <clears throat> it means primarily immersion into an re- intimate relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's actually what the Great Commission means when he commands us to go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, water, the water piece is, is minor. The more important piece, are we walking alongside people and leading them into an experiential, intimate relationship with their Heavenly Father so that our identity, we can be free to be who we are before our God knowing that he created us as we are and he has a perfect plan for our life. And to immerse them into this relationship with Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who's died on the cross, rose, defeated power of sin and death for our life so we can genuinely be transformed and live the abundant life that God has for us. And to immerse them in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Life led now, not by my flesh. This is no longer the temple of self. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what is that to live life led by the Spirit of God? Someone has to disciple us. Someone has to lead us into that. We get just coming to church doesn't do that. Transforming processes, we're going to see it takes being a part of intimate community for that real transforming work really to take place. But you know, it's interesting, he says that we, um, we are one body. And he points out neither Jew nor Greek and nor slave nor free. The two... Uh, biggest things over, throughout history, right, that have corrupted healthy community, one, being race, two, being socioeconomics. There's only one thing in all the world that has able to knock those walls down and develop healthy community, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't legislate these things. Oh, yes, we need to work towards them, but the more we talk about them, the more actually it is exposing, even in our own country, how racist we are. Right? How bigoted we are, how, how really unhumble we are to really think of ourselves more uh, than those who have less than us. These are universal struggles of the flesh, of our sin. They're exposed. For anyone to say that we don't struggle with both of those is to deny the very core of our, of our soul that we're, all right, that, that uh, <clears throat> ah, this, is, this is the human plight. This is sin um, itself, and we need to work, but only the gospel can do that. 
Only the gospel can truly knock the wall down and where a, two people from different races who actually despise each other as the Samaritans and the Jews, right? And to be able to love each other in the same family and community. Only within the church can the Spirit of God move, really, and knock a wall down so that a, uh, a billionaire can sit next to a ski bum and love each other, right? Um, that's the gospel. In the, in the church, the role of the church is, you know, go back to the Sermon on the Mount, is that we're to be that city set on a hill that the world is to look at. This is what Jesus desired is such healthy community going on here. These walls breaking down. It should be the watching world that should say, man, how are we going to figure out this race relation thing? Or how are we going to figure out this, right, this socioeconomic thing? They should be stepping in churches all around America and saying, wow, this is it. Look how these people love each other. No matter what they have or how much they have in the bank account, no matter what race or color they are, look how they love each other. Look how they honor each other's diversity. And here's the question, right? Here's the question that everybody should look after they observe that. They should leave that and they should go, wow, what is it that binds them together? What makes that possible? It's the gospel. It's the very God who's perfect unity, perfect diversity at the center of worship, at the center of our accountability that, that leads us all to this place of brokenness and experiencing the grace of God and renewal, right? To be able to live in that kind of healthy community, right? And finally, this language here, it says, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Wow. Folks, that's experiential language. I don't know what tradition you came from, but this isn't like just check the box, go through catechism, get stamped, do baptism, do this, do, do a bunch of things. I'm in. This is the denomination I go to. Uh, no. The primary thing here is a radical, a radical growing of thirst and hunger and vibrancy of life when it comes to drinking up, right? Learning to live. And this is why we come to communion to say, God, we're dependent on you. For our very life, our very breath right now that's coming, I'm dependent. You gave it to me, and no amount of science will ever be able to determine when my soul came alive. Biologically, physically, yes. But where did life, where did all that come? Genesis says God breathes it into us, right? And when we come to this table, it's a sense of God. I, the bread of life, Jesus, I'm dependent on you for life. I, I'm thirsty. Jesus stood up, right? In John 7, it says, and he says, anybody thirsty here? Is anybody hungry? I mean, anybody genuinely thirsty among us who's willing to step out of your cynicism, step out of your numbness and say, I want, I'm thirsty. Jesus says, I'll come. And it'll be like springs of living water flowing out of you. That's what God has for us. Highly experiential. It's life in the spirit. Learning to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and that is what is to be nurtured, right, in this body. It's not just good theology and belief, but a reality of, man, am I experiencing God? Am I having genuine relationship with Him and growing, right, in close intimacy with Him? So let's move. Uh, hopefully that will help you, gang. Um, and we take a few questions here at the end <clears throat> before we come to communion. If you have any questions, but hopefully that's just a, a very a, you know, beginner stage of just laying hopefully a healthy foundation for us of this is what, this is what community is to look like. Uh, this is a foundation of what God has done for us and what we need to move towards. Now, going back to my journal scribbles, and um, 
Uh, it's not in a fancy graphic yet because it's a work in progress for, for us. But uh, last week I talked about discipleship. We talked about, you know, for, to step into the community of God, it needs to be relational, right? I mean, every one of us, uh, we came to church, maybe even this morning, somebody invited us. Or maybe somebody drug us, right? Whatever it may be, whatever it takes, right? But it's relational, right? Um, most of the time. Sometimes we're just a point where I just got to go and we, we get over that, that barrier. But, you know, statistics show that people watch online uh, for over a year before they actually step into a church. You know that? Um, we need an, all they need is an invite. All those people need. Right now in Aspen, Colorado, there's people tuning in in desperate dark times or they're just hungry. They just want more than the community of the bars or the party life or the bike club. or and All that's good, but it's not going to meet at all the needs that we really have for a healthy community, right? And what they're, they're starting to get hungry. What they need is for the church to reach out, be sensitive to that. All they need is an invite. All they need is someone just to engage them with community discussion and friendship and relationship and just start talking about it and be invited in. That's how it happened for all of us, right? Or just, and it might even begin just starting to pray for people, right? Again, as we always say, none of us are here because no one prayed for us. I can absolutely lay down a guarantee is if you know Jesus, you know him because there were people who prayed for you. And God in his sovereign work of salvation, he uses his people, his children, in the process to lead others to him. If the power of prayer is, is part of what overflows, right, from a healthy community. And so we're invited into this funnel, let's just call it, right? Um, and and we, at first we wrestle with, do I believe? What do I believe? And, and I have to be honest with that discussion or I don't get anywhere with my heart. And what we saw last week in discipleship is just believing is not following. And this is where many of us have been stuck in a Christian life is we just said the prayer, had a, went to camp, had a mountaintop experience, made a decision. But you know, no one ever discipled us. We never had to really wrestle with what does that belief mean for my life? And we just stayed in this cycle of, yeah, I believe I'm a Christian, right? But you know what? I never really learned how to follow Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants. He doesn't want just believers. He calls followers to come follow him, right? And so we start really wrestling with that whole thing. And, uh, and we're to, it's all to move us to this place of, of lordship, more and more of him on the, on the throne of my heart. Um, and what does that mean? What does it mean for him to truly be the Lord of my life, gospel-centered? What does that mean? I'm not just believing, but again, for a Christian, it, it, it's not just belief. It, it means we're saying he is Lord, not one of many lords, not little g. He is the Lord. And if he's the Lord... What does that mean? And it brings me to this big question. We talk about discipleship. Am I willing to follow Jesus at all costs? No matter what. So I want to just stop and ask you a question. Do you have Christian fellowship that has pressed you and held you accountable to that question? Are you in Christian fellowship where someone, let's, let's hope, is either further down the line of, of following Jesus or, or maybe it's a mutual thing, but there's, there's open accountability that we'll talk about here in just a minute, but where people are really pushing you towards following Jesus or is it just been in your life Bible study, going to Bible study, having some good testimony and talk, learning the knowledge about God? or for that matter, any, uh, all the other programs that churches offer that are wonderful and needful. But you, folks, you know what? This is where the 
This is where America's at. We're stuck, the church, right up here. If we don't step towards discipleship, towards opening and growing in healthy community, where we really process these deeper questions, you know, the level of growth is really minor. So we developed last year this little booklet called Better Together, and we really dug into this. What is, we needed something unique for our community that was a, a, a study. This is eight weeks to really wrestle with learning how to grow in community with God and one another. And what does the Bible really say? What does that look like? And so this is available, and we're using this in our discipleship groups as well as our larger community groups as well to journey through and really circle up around that. And the eight here on the, the uh, left side of this are the eight um, uh, core ideas of what the Bible talks about as far as healthy community, what the Spirit of God wants to do. first one is biblical. And the question there is, well, you know, am I open to the truth? Right, it starts there. I have to be open to the truth, right? A basis for what this is all about. And then from there, it's humble. In other words, am I willing to say, I, I need God and I need others? Am I willing to move out of my cynicism? Am I willing to move out of my individualism and my isolation towards others? Remember, we talked about it's a two-way street. Am I willing to really do that and, and set as a priority in my life? Or do I bounce here, bounce there, bounce out, you know, and not really make it a, <clears throat> a, uh, a priority? And that moves me to vulnerability. Healthy community is always nurturing healthy vulnerability. And really, this is at the core of am I willing to be known? You cannot have healthy community unless all the hearts are in this growing thing. If you know, I'm willing to be known. I'm willing to be exposed. Are you? Are you willing to be exposed? Do you realize today in America, people show up in the pews and the seats decade after decade after decade. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm growing. I'm learning about God. Remember, there's a radical big difference between knowing <clears throat> the Word of God versus knowing the God of the Word. Have you been taught how to experience the God of the Word? Or have you just been going to Bible studies and learning the Word of God? That's just believing. That's a bunch of head knowledge. You can go to seminary, you can learn the Greek, you can learn the Hebrew, and miss knowing God completely. But know all about Him. Know all about Him. And without a discipleship context and a healthy community context, you know what? We'll just build our heads fat with knowledge about God and we'll never experience the transformation of what it means to live with God and know Him. And we need each other to do that, right? So that's vulnerability. Am I willing to be exposed? Am I willing to just, well, with some people, whew, all right, here it is, right? And thrust myself on the grace of God and the grace of God's people to say, look, I need healing. I, I want to be known. I want to be authentic before you, right? Accountable. And this is where the remains roads. One thing, you see, today it's very, it's almost cheeky to be vulnerable. You know, it's almost kind of edgy, like for pastors to get up and just kind of lay out, here's my sin, I, you know, because we've got to be vulnerable because we live in a therapeutic culture today, right? And we value everybody's feelings and all this stuff. So it's very edgy just to vomit. Here's what's going on, right? And we need our therapist to come and vomit what I'm doing. What, and don't get me wrong, there's a place for all that, all right? I'm trying to get to a point here, all right? But do you understand there's a healthy vulnerability without accountability? It's very unhealthy. This is where we're at as a culture. You need to value my feelings. And here, I just need to tell you how I'm feeling. Let me tell you the, the, the crap in my life. Let me da da da, whatever it is. The question is, am I willing, though, to be accountable? 
Now I've just vomited, I've, been, I've, I've just exposed myself, I've given some sense of intimacy, but am I willing to say, okay, hold me accountable now, what do I need to do with that? How, how, do, am I willing to take it to the word of God and be obedient to what God says, how I'm going to get healthy out of this thing, or do I just want a place to come and vomit on you and for you to listen to me? You see, you know, just getting coffee with somebody and just listening to them, oh, I'm so sorry, wow, and just having empathy, that is not healthy community. I want to drive this home. That's therapeutic community that is very surface. Is it must go to the next level of holding each other accountable. Okay, man, let's have the empathy. Let's hear it out. But when we do that, then it's the question of, okay, now are we all willing to move towards what God's word says and be obedient and trust him to bring healing to that? Does that make sense? It's a big, big deal, right? This is why we have to, can't have vulnerability outside of accountability. Circled around, right, this idea of, um, of being teachable, which means, that means I'm going to go to the authority of the word of God. I want to listen to what God has to say and I'm willing to be accountable to that. Unoffendable. Hey, am I willing to be exposed? Am I willing to let the gospel determine how I treat others? Am I willing to let the gospel, right? The grace of God that he's shown me, am I willing to say, all right, God, because you've forgiven me, I'm willing to forgive that person. I'm willing to lay down that bitterness, right? Without that kind of of gospel-centeredness, you cannot have healthy community. We'll hold grudges, we'll hold bitterness, we'll never get radical breakthrough. God's word is about as clear as it can be. He says, if, you do not, if we do not forgive each other, right? God, what? He will, not, he will not forgive us. I can't just say I'm going to receive the forgiveness of God and not be held accountable to walking and fleshing that out in my life. But I need help. I need someone to walk alongside me with that. Faithful, not selfful. Healthy community is moving towards greater faith, greater trust in the God. Jesus over and over again, where's your faith, people? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Healthy community says the same thing. Let's go, gang. Let's increase our faith. Let's increase our expectation. Are our eyes set on a God who can do all things as Derek led us in? Right? He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Come on, church. He's a promise keeper. He's light in the darkness. And so healthy community is one of making sure that we're not walking by sight, but we're walking by faith, right? It's faithful. Finally, missional means healthy community always embraces the mission of Christ for the larger world. Are we embracing in that? Are we just too myopic? Are we embracing God's larger vision of what he calls us to? Okay, does that make sense? So (coughs) just in in conclusion, Derek, y'all can come on up. But um, practically, let me just say a couple things. How does it work here? Um, And so what we're saying here is jump in. Jump in the funnel, right? And for all of us to invite others relationally, let's get into a conversation, man. Where are we at on this stuff? And it begins with just that invite to come in. And so uh, you say, wow, how do I plug in? How do I move in intimacy and relationship here at Crossroads Church, the family here? And what we say is, come on, journey with us. Continue. Let's start this conversation, and let's encourage each other to take that first step into community. So we have a whole plethora of community groups on marriage, on soul care, on singles, men, women, you name it. And and just make that first step. Okay, I'm going to step in here. I'm going to trust that God is going to connect me at a deeper level with people. 
From there, we might go to different groups. And the goal is that community group would become to a smaller community group that we have going on that's more intimate, right? And then the goal, right, as we move through those community groups, the next steps is, is that do I, am I getting hungry for discipleship? That's the commission. Go make disciples. And let me get with a small group of men, ladies, a small group of women with somebody who's further down the line than, than me, right? And, and, and we, we circle up around this question of how do we become followers of Jesus? Right? These community groups address the felt needs that are out there, right? But we want to get to the place where, you know what? I can say this group of men that I'm circled up with, the, the reason why we're gathered here is to learn how to follow Jesus and make him Lord of my entire life, right? And same thing with the ladies. That's healthy church, right? And as that flows out the bottom, you know what happens is it goes out into the community <clears throat> and we love others, right? And we bring others, right, into that context, right? So just as we close, any, just any questions on that? I guess anything that I threw a lot at you there, but just anything that needs clarity this morning before we um, come to the table on that or... Just a comment or anything? I hope that's... We'll make the graphic clear, I promise. <laughs> but, uh, but speak into it, you know? Um, and we want to walk alongside each other, right? Get below the surface, right? Um, but I, I do... I have to be willing to be exposed, and that's hard, especially if we've been hurt, right? Or we've been betrayed, even worse. But you know, that's where I have to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust that you're going to raise up right, the right people, the right friends, the people who love me, the people who journey with me, right, in this, in this process. And um, that's our commitment to each other, right, to be part of that family context. So let me just pray for us now. I'm going to invite the Spirit of God to come. And, um, again, I just feel led that if you're here and um, uh, the more and more, and just I've seen it in my life, but just this spirit of cynicism, that moves us into a numb place and keeps us in that isolated place where we're unknown. You were not created to be unknown in isolation. You were created to be intimately known and in intimate fellowship. And I just hope the Spirit of God will, will encourage us this morning along those lines, especially as we come to this table and remember, if you know Jesus, if you've received him as your Lord and Savior, to celebrate what he's called you into. He's put you into his family, into his community for all eternity. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning, your word. And Lord, let us, help us, Holy Spirit, to be a community-building church. Show us, Lord. Move among us. And even now, Holy Spirit, I pray you'll come and do business on each of our souls. Lord, convict us where we need to be convicted. Waken us. Comfort us. Encourage us. Lord, as we come to the table, Jesus, let's be overwhelmed by your grace that you've called us into. Lord, I, I pray, Father, that, Lord, if there's any orphans here, what I mean by that, Lord, is those that they're just not secure and who you are as their Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just overwhelm their hearts with your love. Lord, let us be set free 
to be who we are and rejoice in how you've created us, God, and trust you to come and transform us into everything, Lord, you created us to be. You are the one who have a vision for our life. Lord, let's run headlong towards you. Whisper, come and encourage your people this morning. In Jesus' name. Just come to the table as the Lord leads. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.